Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War, episode number 115 of the podcast today. We're going to have an amazing guest, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. But I do need to make a quick special announcement. Um, as you know, most of you know, we we mark our podcast as explicit for various reasons. But in this particular episode, um, we are going to be discussing the topic of human trafficking. And there are some uh, graphic story, a little bit of graphic stories, some stuff that younger ears or uh, ears that aren't maybe even that have been through something like this may not want to hear. So I would encourage you to just heed to that warning if you're sensitive to these things or if there's a younger person around listening, maybe it's best to wait until they're not around uh, to listen to it. Um, But it's an amazing uh, testimony that we have here tonight, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. So uh, as always, I would say sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and we have an amazing guest here with us on the podcast episode. Her name is Kelly Galdino. (laughs) I probably got that wrong. Galindo. (laughs) We literally just, she literally just told me that. And uh, she is the director and uh, executive producer of an amazing film called 26 Seconds. 26 seconds is in reference to the 1.2 million children that are trafficked every year. Uh, every 26 seconds globally, a uh, child is brought into human trafficking. And uh, it's an industry that is bringing about $150 billion uh, into uh, just from human trafficking. So it's uh, it's a an evil, evil plight. And... Um, Kelly has created this documentary. I recommend everybody go look on YouTube, check out her website. It's called uh, 26seconddoc.com, 26seconddoc.com, and you can check her and out. And 26, 26 seconds, plural, 26 seconds with an S, doc for documentary.com. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll put the yeah. links in our show notes so you can everybody can con- connect to it and see it as well. But Kelly, I just want to welcome you to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about how this all came about. Yeah, this is the million dollar question. I, I It really was something um, that... Uh, God just put on my heart when I, this was years ago, it was probably 10 years ago that I saw a episode on Dateline that uh, was about um, sex tourism in Thailand. And I was in shock because basically what, you know, it was just what I felt in my soul was something has to be done to stop the men that are specifically flying to Thailand to specifically rape Mm. children. Like they're pedophiles that are, know that they can get away with it. I mean, I I was in shock and it was so on my heart for years. And I thought, okay, because I'm a professor in a film school. um, 
at Chapman University uh, College of Film Media Arts, and, I, and so I have access, you know, to equipment, um, camera and sound equipment and editing suites. So I thought, okay, I should do a short on this because, you know, I could save some money, obviously, um, um, because this someone has to start. You know, it all starts with us. And, um, you know, God works through people, but so does, but so does Satan. Right. Um, and before I went into this project, you know, I was looking at traffickers and pimps and, um, madams and sometimes even parents that sell their own children. Mm -hmm. And especially the John as, um, you know, I wasn't happy. <laughs> like, I, like I thought, these are the bad people. But what I have learned, and I don't want to give them a pass because I do believe that um, we should have consequence, you know, for our choices and sins. I do believe that. But what I did learn in this project is that these um, uh, pimps um, were because I've interviewed a few, were definitely brought up in that. They had no father figures. They're raised with, um, you know, uncles or whoever, you know, older brothers or whoever that they have that they look up to were making money in this way. Um, John, a lot of times I've interviewed quite a few John. John's a lot of times have themselves been abused and molested as children. So, and as much as I want to hate these people, God, and I know it's God because it's always comes from love and peace when it's God. Mm -hmm. He did set on my heart that these people too need to be healed. So the project, um, any, let me, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to do a short documentary on this, but I had documentary on sex tourism in Thailand, but I had no idea how it was going to happen. I just knew that I could use the equipment where I, where I teach, um, that, that would be helpful. And then, um, about and, and like five years went by before I, I met, um, actually it was my niece's friend from childhood, but I met her at my niece's baby shower and she had a shirt on that said destiny rescue. And I said, Oh, hi Jennifer. I said, what's that? And she says, Oh, I'm, I, um, work for this organization called destiny rescue that rescues and restores and reintegrates children from the sex trade in Thailand. I said, what? I said, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do a documentary on this. And she goes, really? She says, because I'm the assistant to the international director who's right here in Orange County. Do you want to meet him? And I said, yes. So that's God, of course. Right. So I met them and it took, um, quite a few meetings, you know, at least six months before they approved for me to be able to go and film, um, with them and as it should, right. They want to make sure that, uh, I, I don't have nefarious, um, <laughs> you know, reasons of wanting to be around these children. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing I've learned, which has been horrific for me to find out, but there's, there are a lot of, um, organizations and there's even people in the UN and they have all these organizations that are supposedly supposed to help children. And they're actually wow. molesting these children or trafficking these children. So, wow. That's a whole other thing too. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. But, um, they did vet me, but I too was in prayer about who God wanted in this project. I too 
I was just listening to God. If you say yes, I'm, I'll, I'll walk forward. And without knowing, you know, the, your plan, I'll just walk and take the first step. And I know that, you know, you'll lead me. And I said, but if you say no, then, then I'm going to trust that too. Yeah. So I, I do have to say that the, and, and then I, the project went, so I went to this trip to not only Thailand, but also Cambodia with destiny rescue. And that's where I, um, filmed undercover with, um, rescue agents. I, then they, I had access to film survivors that they were, um, restoring in their reintegration homes. Uh, um, I mean, excuse me, in their restoration homes. And then they also have, um, destiny rescue kind of does it from A to Z. They even have prevention homes and they have, um, reintegration where they give them a trade. So like either like a hairdresser or do jewelry or a, a crepe cart or so, or a coffee shop with some way so that they can earn a living because if they can earn a living, then they won't go back into the life. Um, so long story short, when I was there filming, I actually realized that this was huge and a much bigger issue than uh, just a little episode on Dateline, right? On sex tourism. This is worldwide. And so Destiny Risk at that time said, oh, we also have organizations in Laos and um, uh, Dominican Republic and India and um, quite a few countries there is. And uh, Nepal and a few other countries. And so I said, oh my gosh, I said, I would love to go to India with you. So a year later, I ended up going to India with them. Mm. But in the between that, God kept opening these doors. Um, and I know it was God because it was like crazy, the doors that were opening. A lot of it had to be to do with these organizations all know each other. And once I think the first one, uh, trusted me, then, you know, they would then say to them, Oh, sh- you know, you can trust her, you know, you know, whatever. Right. right. Yeah, all I yeah. know is these doors kept flying open. So hmm. now, you know, um, you know, a few years later I was, I had partnered with over 40 nonprofit Christian organizations and I had filmed in over a period of three years, I had filmed in nine countries. Uh-huh. So the project, definitely was of God because doors just kept opening. And I just kept, I told God I would keep saying yes to what, where he wanted to take this project. You know, I, early on, I told him, you know, this is your project. You're the producer. I'm just, you know, just use my talents, use my, um, you know, resources and for your glory. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's done that. And, um, um, you know, we're, now it's, you know, so when I got back from Cambodia and Thailand, I edited the, um, short, you know, it was just on Cambodia and Thailand cause that's all the footage I had. And I actually put it out there in the world and, and, and I was really pleasantly, um, surprised and honored and it won like 20 awards. And so I knew I was going in the right direction. Um, and then COVID hit. So every, you know, I, even our school shut down, right? So I'm going, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I ended up, I started editing, um, uh, little videos, like five to t- 15 minute videos for my YouTube channel. And the re- and I did it for a few reasons. One, because you know I had no uh, everything stopped, right? And I and I didn't want to stop. Um, and, but but more importantly is I wanted to to create awareness about the issue. One, uh, two, I wanted to uh, market twenty six seconds. You know, get get some attention mm-hmm. on the project so we could move forward um, in raising funding to complete the feature docs. And then thirdly, I wanted to highlight the nonprofit. Christian organizations that are doing incredible work, um, 
here in the U.S. So, so the videos on on my YouTube channel are just from the U.S. content only, and and the reason I wanted to highlight them is because they're not all going to fit in a feature documentary. A feature is like two hours long maximum, and and I have nine countries, so each country is going to get you know, what, 10, 15 minutes, yeah, right? right yeah. I mean, I have 10 videos on YouTube that are each 15 minutes, you know? <laughs> so I just thought that it was a great way for the viewer to get involved. Cause I not only wanted to create awareness, but I wanted, you know, it to be a call to action because each and every one of us have gifts and, or, or talents or a career that, that, like if you're an attorney, these girls are going to need, <laughs> you yeah. know, that, help, right? In that area. You're, I'm a filmmaker, right? But, but whatever your gifts are, there's people that are just great, you know, prayer. They, they need prayer or they're great with, um, you know, crafts, creating craft, you know, yeah. whatever your gifts are. Um, you know, one and of, some people, you know, just want to donate money. And, and that's fine too, right? Because <laughs> these organizations do, because they're nonprofits and they do need, money to continue the great work that they're doing in rescuing these children. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the yeah. things that I saw and what an excellent point you just made about, you know, whatever your gifts and talents are, they're still purposed, you know, and useful. Uh, it's not like, uh, you know, just because you are a lawyer, uh, doesn't mean you can't help out in this cause in some way. But one of the ones that, that impressed me was, uh, the flight attendants, um, that, Aren't they great? Isn't that a great organization? <laughs> it was amazing, and you know the the wisdom in it of of all with you know these flight attendants. For those that don't know, they would basically keep an eye out. They were trained how to look for people being trafficked and being either brought in or brought out of the United States and um, and other countries. And they, I think, the first rescue that they did ended up busting up a porn ring, and I think that they, the number was like eighty. 80 people were rescued just from one mm -hmm. flight attendant being willing. But I think the director of even that, that little organization was someone who was rescued out of human trafficking, if I'm not mistaken. So. Oh, Nancy, no, Nancy Rivard is, was not rescued herself, but the, but the girl that works for her, her name is Donna, Donna Hubbard, I believe. Okay. Donna was, a, 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 was a sex trafficking. Um, she was trafficked. She was a wow. victim of, of sex trafficking, but she became a flight attendant. Now that goes into that they were there, the reintegration, you yeah. know, that is so important. If you can educate and give them a career, not only uh, well, they don't need to go ever go back to the life, but they are, are the, because they've experienced it themselves, they reach survivors the most. Mm -hmm. That's right. I have been out on the road. There's a pastor. His name is Pastor Doug Bennett. And Pastor Doug Bennett, is, uh, is, is, the organization is called Magdalene Hope. And he used to be a John mm. in his addictions of drugs and sex. And, and his story is he was molested. So it took him on this whole road of, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Of, of, of sin because as a child, he was molested. So pastor Doug later, you know, when he almost died from drugs and this, and that, and, and, you know, and God came into his life when he gave his life to God, mm -hmm. he created Magdalene hope and he began rescuing survivors from the sex trade. He opened up a restoration home where he restores them. I mean, he has trained staff trauma therapists, you know, but he opened up a restoration home. He also reintegrates them. He has a coffee shop. Let me tell you something. I've been undercover with pastor Doug. When I go out, you'd think that they would be more 
like open to me because I'm a woman, right? They'll walk right past me. They're like, mm. they'll run right up to them and like give them a big hug because they know when somebody has walked in their shoes. Mm. Yeah. They know. So whatever, and I can't encourage people enough, whatever your testimony is, that testimony, once, I mean, I know people have a walk to be healed, but in my, in my opinion and in my experience, we only can be healed through Jesus in my, in my experience and opinion. I've watched yeah. these girls. No, hundred percent. I agree with you. But what, but, but whatever, our own deal is we do have to be healed, right? But once you're healed, your story becomes your testimony and your testimony is what can reach people, whatever you've been through. Like if you were on drugs or in fact, you and I have had this conversation, I think, uh, I, I think, right? Yeah, we did. <laughs> I think it was with you, right? <laughs> but, but it's like only someone that's been through something can, does the other person on the other end know I can trust this person because they've been there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a so, question about yeah. you, you mentioned you were undercover with with uh, Pastor Bennett and when you were so how did it work when you were like on your trips over into say India or wherever you were and um, were you just kind of carrying a camera around and w did you have to get permission when you talked to these girls or how did that all kind of work itself out? Well, two things. Undercover means undercover. No one knows you have a camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and there is, um, I have to say, I, um, as a filmmaker, it's much more enjoyable filming in other countries. There's not as strict as, you know, um, permits for things. So it really feels like uh, the wild, wild west when you're filming, you know. Um, but, of course, but I'm very respectful to if there's, and I also have media agreements with these organizations, right? So I'm going to follow uh, what what their requests are mm. and what's in, written in our media agreement. And what that is is, first of all, anyone under the age of 18 has to be blacked out. Mm. Period. You can't show their faces, even if that's undercover. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but of course, when I'm interviewing the survivors from their restoration homes, you know, I have appearance releases with them, et cetera. But they, they, I, but I shot them very poetically. Like, you know, I shot them um, in silhouette. You know, so mm -hmm. they're really beautiful shots, but you can't see them. Um, if they're over eighteen, you can ask them, and it's their choice. Yeah. So most of the survivors that I shot in other countries are definitely silhouetted and blacked out. The, the survivors here in the U.S. that were over 18, most of them were okay with being seen. And, and you saw a couple of the survivors in some of the videos. You know, if they're yeah. seen, it's because they were over 18 and they, and they said yes to it. Yeah. Yeah. So when, so when you would start your interview, I mean, is it there there has to be a level of guardedness and just kind of fear or intimidation for them. I mean, were they, was it hard to get them to, to begin to share with you? And what was, what was the most like eye opening thing that someone shared with you? Um, I have to say the hardest interviews of all were the ones from Thailand and Cambodia. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's two things. It was maybe my first trip and I wasn't, um, you know, I was very much, uh, being very careful and respectful and, um, 
but I also think more so than that, it was, um, their culture. They're very respectful. They, they don't, their parents have sold them into the brothels wow. and they won't say that they, 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 they feel it's just a cultural thing that they feel it's their duty. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of, it's in the Asian culture in Thailand and Cambodia, the eldest girl, it's her duty to go to these brothels so that she can pay for the rest of the children. Wow. Wow. That's so they, so they're not very open about, they won't, they they don't show anger. They don't um, want to disrespect their parents. Yeah. So those interviews I could say were the hardest. Um, the others, and I and again, I think it's culturally like in Iraq and Mexico and India. These girls were just <laughs> you know they just wanted to tell their stories. Um, <laughs> Um, but I think they did. I, so I think it's a cultural thing, but, um, but I also was getting better at interviews as I went on, but I always made sure to ask, well, I always prayed with them before we started mm. through, they were already in restoration homes. So they were already, you know, learning about Jesus and his forgiveness. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so, um, but I was, I would always start with prayer with them. And then I would always ask about, um, where it starts, which is the childhood. And every, you know, I interviewed a lot of survivors, like about 10 in each country and about 26 here in the state. Mm. Every single one was molested as a child. Yeah. So what this tells me is that uh, when that is done to a child, it, it, it breaks down their... Um, like they have no value of their, yeah. of their, their own self or their own body. So what happens is, um, traffickers know this. So here in the States, it's a lot about the social care system because it's broken. Mm-hmm. And these kids are, have already been molested either by their parents. That's why they were taken away. Or even in these, I found out in these, uh, um, um, what are they called when you, when you have a um, foster, well, a foster yeah. home, yeah. they, they almost, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, so these kids, when they're, when they're get out, they can't wait to get out. And when they're 18, but they have no parents, they have no education, they have no money. Yeah. So pimps know this. And so they, it's not hard. Like, it's not like, like what we see in the movies. They actually go and pretend that they're their boyfriend. The girls go yeah. willingly because they have nobody. Mm-hmm. And they're nice to them for about two weeks. And then they yeah. start beating them and starving them and taking, you know, taking them cross, cross lines and to other states and trafficking them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew, I knew of one uh, girl who had been rescued and she was in a ministry I was a part of. And uh, she basically was, uh, basically they had her kid and they said, you know, you're going to do what we want yeah. or we're going to, you know, and she loved her child. <laughs> So she yep. basically did that for about a year and it started off as a romantic relationship, but then it just turned sour yep. really quick. And even to the point of where he would force drugs into her to yep. uh, get her onto the street. And um, and a lot of people don't realize this, but, um, you know, if you're a drug dealer, and this is something that I've talked about before on the podcast, but if you're a drug dealer, you you get your cocaine or your weed or whatever it is you're going to sell and you sell it and it's gone. 
But with human trafficking, yep. you have a return. Uh, you can sell it again and again and again and again. And um, eventually it destroys that person so badly that uh, then they just get rid of them. They either dump them, leave them, or kill them, you know. And yep. I, I just don't think people understand that it's all about money at this point. And that's why a lot of these cartels have moved into human trafficking and they're actually not even interested in drugs as much as they were because they oh, yeah. the selling, selling girls is much more um, profitable and they get less time, you know, they won't get in as much trouble. And these girls, yeah. I was talking to one of my friends that has a podcast. He was saying, you know, why don't these girls like rat these guys out? And I said, Doug, they've tried, they've met, They've trafficked this girl when she was 12. That's a little girl. Mm-hmm. And they've had sex with her because they break them first. They first have sex with them before they, you know, start selling them to other men, to John, and to Trick. And so that, I said, uh, an 18, 20-year-old girl that's not, never been trafficked falls in love with the first person she's had sex with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's a little girl. <laughs> mm. Like, yeah. So they're, they think that they're in love. Mm-hmm. They think, even though they're being beat, even though they're being starved, even though they're being trafficked, you know, uh, 10 times a night hmm. and giving all their money to their trafficker, they think they're in love. Yeah. It's the only family they have. It's just straight evil. It's awful. Yeah. It's just unbelievable to me. And so you're, you started awful. off going overseas and that your first experience was in Asia and then, but then... Here in the states, a lot of people don't realize the human trafficking here is equally as bad. There's every city in every you know every state has human trafficking problem. Um, I think yep. I I remember reading something around the Super Bowl last year where they were talking about how the Super Bowl is one of the largest human trafficking uh, venues in that week um, anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's anywhere. Traffickers take children and women where there's men. So Super Bowl events, um, <laughs> Olympic events, um, Disneyland, that's why it happens. I, I don't mean in Disneyland, I mean outside. You know what I mean? So right. where, they take them where there's people. And um, yeah, Super Bowl's huge. I shot the Super Bowl in what, 2017? I, was, I shot in Minneapolis. Mm. And you, yeah. you just don't, you know, you watch the Super Bowl on TV, it seems like, oh, it's just a, it's just a football game, you know, and people are there for, to enjoy the football game. But, but it's so much more than that that's happening. And uh, I was so upset this past, was it this year? Yeah, this past year when, I think it was this past year, maybe the year before. Anyways, when Jennifer Lopez and Shakira performed. Oh, man, yeah. Both of them, because they're both very talented. They're, I mean, it's, it's amazing what Jennifer Lopez is doing at 50 years old as a woman, you know, and as an entertainer. It is, you know, kudos to her. But why? She had cages with children in it. Mm-hmm. Shakira had her hands tied up. Mm-hmm. These are all images of trafficking. Why would the Super Bowl allow that, or why would these artists want to do that? I was very upset. What do you what do you think that is? What I mean, do you think it was? I mean, I I'm I don't think it was coincidental. I think it was. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. So, um, what I do know is what I've been experiencing because I again I just saw this 
episode on Dateline, Sex Tourism in Thailand. And God said, go, and I went, right? And, and of course, through each country, each organization, each interview, I learned more and more and more, of course. Now, five years later, I am realizing I'm meeting survivors that, you know, from satanic cult, from the political elite. I mean, we're talking at the top of the syndicate where it's happening, which I had no idea about, right? Until I interviewed a couple survivors. Um, it's heartbreaking because it's at, at the very top. So when you say very top, you're talking governors and police chiefs. Not and... only are they, some of them, buyers, John, Trick. but some of them are actually trafficking children. Oh, so it's a business. Very high up. It's a big business. Whoa. And it's a big business at the top. Wow. It's, it's no different than the guns, right? Right, no. Remember the Fast yeah. and Furious or whatever with mm-hmm. the gun, right? Yeah. They, they were sold from the top. Drugs are sold from the top, and then they get into the street to the smaller pimps and the smaller drug dealers and the smaller, but it starts at the top. So you, It's pretty um, evil what's going on in our, um, not just country, world. Yeah. So world. You, you, uh, and you, so what? So you, you, inter- you interviewed um, victims that actually testified that, that of names of people that would be pretty high in political offices and so forth? Yeah. Wow. Well, what's stopping us from being able to press charges and and call them out? Um, I don't know anyone, do you, that has had 56 friends commit suicide, except for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you know what? Do you know that many friends that have committed suicide? Right. I don't. Touche. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> I don't know anyone. <laughs> Yeah, it's a sad truth. Yeah, you're right. It's a sad truth. Oh man, that's a lot of friends have a lot of problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, you're uh, to be in the film industry and to be, you know, you're in you're in uh, California, so you're on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. You're kind of at, in the heart of of a lot of craziness going on there. When you when you, because I mean, like the person that comes to mind to me, to me is Harvey Weinstein. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, and it's notorious. I mean, the, the acting in Hollywood, you know, the casting couch was the big thing, you know, that was what they always talked about. It, it, well, when Harvey Weinstein, when it came out that he, you know, when all the women started coming out, I remember at first because I was an actress for years, you know, I, went on auditions and, but I wasn't at that level. You know, I wasn't in the A, I did like B films and you know what I mean? I wasn't in that level, but my own experience in Hollywood. So when I saw Weinstein being called out, I was like, I was kind of like, okay, I've met a thousand of those guys. Like, okay. He might be the most powerful and the most rich, but he's not the only guy. Right. It's very normal. The casting couch. I also know from my experience, I don't, and I don't want to speak for other people's experience because it could have been rape. Right. Yeah. But in my experience, especially after 
um, interviewing so many survivors. The Me Too movement is not the same as children being trafficked. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying these girls aren't vulnerable uh, and, you know, and, and that makes people make bad decisions. But in my experience, you're not um, forced or coerced or raped. You are definitely, it's like a carrot in front of you. If you'd like to have this career, if you'd like to get this job. Yeah, yeah. But it really is a choice. You know, a big one when you really want to be an actress. (laughs) You know, it's a big choice, but it's a choice. Um, And... Now, I'm not saying, okay, I'm, you know, anything's possible. I've certainly learned that filming this movie. I'm in shock every time I turn around. I'm like, oh, my God, can it get any worse? Can the human condition get any worse? And it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So my biggest thing is that bottom line is this. We have a, a real, it, it is all about money, but we have a real spiritual deficit and problem. And if people don't have God and don't have Christ and don't have light and don't have love, then there's nothing. Why wouldn't they make money? their yeah. God. Yeah. Right. Right. So this entire world, I don't know how it's going to happen, and, I, and maybe I don't need to know. This is a, this is you know too big of a job for me. It's for God, but this world has to turn from darkness yeah. and evil and towards light, or there's no chance. I think, like how much darkness I've seen, I'm like, oh God, come on, just just do another flood, like get rid of these people and start over. Like that's how I feel. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just got to start over. <laughs> I think your point, though, about, you know, hurt people hurt people, the cycle of, you know, the cycle of a broken person is going to operate under broken, you know, understanding and function broken. And if you can break that cycle through the rescue and then then restoring that broken woman or child into a, a, a real, you know, positive, healthy and definitely have a, a strong, pure spiritual emphasis with Christ and the church, uh, you have a, the opportunity to take that life and it can be transformative for multiple generations. But Absolutely. And that's the thing is, and uh, you know, your tenderness, you're admitting tenderness to these guys that are, you know, buying these women. It's obvious they have problems, they have issues. You know, and uh, obviously, yes, we want to see them, the law enforced on all of those people that are doing this thing. But brokenness is at the root of it all and sinfulness is at the root of it all for sure. Um, How does so like because it's a learned behavior, like when you're broken like that and that's all, you know, how I mean, it must take years of just therapy and forward progress in the right direction with healthy people, you know, always kind of investing in these girls' well, lives? When it's, when it's really huge, like I think you even heard an interview I spoke about, because it's, it's a documentary I saw on a trafficker from the 
think it was from Switzerland or not Switzerland, but um, one of these countries. I forget. Fin- I think it was Finland. Anyhow, wasn't it? he was a trafficker. Yeah, Finland. Or I, I forget where. Anyway, this trafficker specifically trafficked newborn baby baby oh, for a certain elite clientele that wanted just babies. And when they have sex with these babies, the babies are killed. So that is so dark and so evil that they, yes, need to be put in prison and let them find God in prison. But these types of people cannot be out on the street. Mm, I'm sorry. Yeah. That is, I, I pray for them because obviously they're in a lot of darkness and evil beyond. You're being more generous than me to say that they need to find God in prison. I'm more of the they, they need to find God at the at the end of an execution <laughs> noose. I mean, so you know, it's it's um, there's, I mean, I it, it's really it's beyond heartbreaking. It's so dark and demonic and. I mean, there are satanic cults that yes. torture and kill babies and children. Yeah. And and sex is always involved in that. Yeah. In that torture and in that sacrifice. Do you, and do you see the? It, 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 I mean, do you see the? So like, like you know, I think about like. Um, just our current culture right now, how the the everything is sexified, everything, um, even like the big battle right now, and where I live in our school district is to, they're trying to kind of purge out all of these sexual books and pedophilia books, uh-huh. and um, do you see that as a, sort of a grooming into an acceptance more of this? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I. Um, and even like on Netflix, like, um, what was... they're calling these parents terrorists for not wanting their right. children right. to be exposed to pedophilia. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's evil. That That's evil. It's not going to go Are down. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh man. And... I'm so glad I don't have a child because I, I would be in prison if they think that that's a terrorist being a mama bear and fighting for your child. Oh I yeah. Mean, no. The FBI, the FBI has fought some pretty rough criminals, but they've never faced an angry mob of moms. <laughs> well, there's a joke, you know, that if they wanted Bin Laden caught, they should have sent in <laughs> women. They would have found them really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I see like, um, I'm trying to think of that show that was on Netflix about a year ago. I can't think of it. What was it called? Oh, it was about all the cuties. Yes, cuties. that was it. Yes, and awful, and nothing Glorifying. happened. Oh, nothing's gonna happen. You know what I learned when that movie came out? It was like so, like uh, it was so in my face, so clear. I said, "Oh, oh, I get it. They're not interested in my project. They're interested in the exact opposite." So I got it, God. I'm going to do this and put it out myself. Mm. Wow. No one in Hollywood wants my project. It's about restoring, rescuing, restoring, and reintegrating 
children and having, and only God can do that. They're, they're not interested in my project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's just the sexualization of our youth and they're just, you know, uh, the, the social media, the Instagram, the TikTok, um, you know, the, everything is just over sexualized. And, um, even just this I mean, week, I, I saw a pole dancing for elementary kids. They want to teach ele- elementary or middle school kids how to pole dance, but what is that? Well, that's what Cuties was about. It was these little 10 year olds that were pole dancing. But basically, what that's doing is uh, pleasing the pedophile, right? Yeah. They're glorifying, they're sexualizing a child and, 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 and pleasing the pedophile. And, and let me tell you, these books these mothers were upset about was far worse. These books had illustrations of, you know, learning a little boy learning to have uh, uh, oral sex with a man, mm. not even another little boy, a man, a grown up. Mm. This is nuts. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that your documentary is time. The timing of it is perfect. Um, and I really believe that there's just a tremendous, I mean, in the last few years within the church in particular, I've noticed a lot more people are aware of it. You know, um, there's different movements that have come about to make people aware of human trafficking. But I think the big thing is, is people don't know, how do I get involved? What do I do? How do I help? And um, I think that's something that... Well, I'm, I'm here to encourage you, whatever your gifts are, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you do as a career, start there. That's where you can give. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's perfect. That's where you can start. And in my project, you're welcome to, um, there's a, there's a tab that says partners. And those are all the NGOs that I've, uh, nonprofit organizations that I've partnered with. And if you go to that tab, you click on their logo and it'll take you to their website and you can read about it hmm. and read about what they're doing, whether it's in prevention, rescue, restoration, or reintegration. And it may be in your city or your state, or it just may, you know, you feel equally yoked with what they're doing. Right. But you can start there um, or just, you know, find out who, who in your, in your community, in your city, what people, what organizations are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or your church. Every church now almost has a human trafficking, um, um, you know, a ministry. So you could start there, you know? Yeah. And if your church doesn't have one, find one that does that's close by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So there's a great organ. His his name's Pastor Kevin Brown. He um, has a a church called Side by Side Church, but he created a um, outreach called Harbor Outreach, which is on Harbor Boulevard, you know, across from Disneyland. But it runs all the way from Anaheim to Santa Ana, uh, Anaheim Garden Grove, Santa Ana, like the whole um, Harbor Boulevard, which is, you know, very like 10, 20 miles long. But anyways, he created this Harbor Outreach. And, and the reason it's called Side by Side Church is because he created for uh, all the commu- churches in the community to come out together. And so they go out there Friday nights and they minister to the girls and they um, give them a bracelet that, you know, with a number in there. We're like, if you want to get out, call this number. Mm, wow. And um, yeah. So he's, he's Pastor Kevin Brown is who I went to Iraq with. He was doing incredible work during when, you know, cause we went there when ISIS was still there. Mm. So he was doing incredible work with his um, husband and wife and, um, 
that were, he was an attorney. She was in the Iraqi parliament and they both, when they, cause they're Yazidis, when, when, you know, ISIS, it was genocide, you know, when ISIS was yeah. killing these men and then abducting the children and women and making them labor slaves and sex slaves and, the, and making the little boys like ISIS fighters, um, they quit their job and they created an underground, um, um, rescue mission, and they went in and rescued a lot of these Yazidi girls, and and a hundred of his men got killed. Like you know, it was a dangerous thing. Wow. And I have, you know, of course, I interviewed them, but that's who Pastor Kevin Brown um, partnered with in ISIS. He just felt that God needed him there, so he went. And um, and I said, oh my gosh, Pastor Kevin, you have to take me with you. And um, so I went, and uh, yeah, I have incredible interviews from from that. Yeah, I have to say they were the most heartbreaking because what ISIS did was like beyond. It was oh my god! And, yeah, oh. I mean, I interviewed a seven-year-old, a little seven-year-old, and and she was already rescued two years, so she was being raped between two and five. Oh, I mean, my goodness! And she had like I don't know. She I think she said she had like six traffickers. You know, they sell them. They sell them amongst each other. Yeah, which is a little bit. Her whole I mean, it was beyond though because like her whole family got killed. You know what I mean? Like. So she had no so one. much, so yeah. much heartbreak. No one, and no one. I asked her, "Do you want to come with me to America?" And she uh -huh. goes, "No." <laughs> I go, "But I have horses." She goes, "No, no." <laughs> she, she didn't want to come. I would have took her. You know, for I, sure. I think people don't realize like this is what you just said. You know, the the vast difference between a guy who's buying a ticket to go to to Cambodia to get some underage, you know, pro prostitute in Asia, versus all the way across the spectrum to, to from in, in entertainment. But I want to I want to correct you on something though, because this is what people make the mistake. There's no such thing as a child prostitute. That's not right. you. You know, you go. It's not a prostitute. It's a child that's been trafficked and I'm forced sorry. and yeah. forced and. Uh, There's so, no such yeah, I, I take that correction. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Uh, um, but, but you know, the spectrum of the guy flying over to Asia versus, you know, all the way into ISIS, where they're literally just taking over. And we even more recently, Taliban, you know, once they took back over after the debacle of our exit, I, I was immediately hearing stories of kids being kidnapped and women being taken and placed into harems, you know, quote unquote harems uh, for the Taliban uh, leaders, the new leadership that took the vacuum. So it's literally across the spectrum. You've got. Oh, they're absolutely children. Women are going to be trafficked in um, Afghanistan. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a year I'll be over there filming. Wow. Wow. Man, yeah. I want to go with you sometime. <laughs> you know, God, God, I remember, and I know it was God, because I wasn't even praying, and it just came out of nowhere. And, and you know, it's always a calm, still voice, you know, but he said, I want you to include what I'm about to reveal. And um, I believe what he was talking about, it was trafficking at the um, at the uh, syndicate and the, mm. the um, very... Uh, political elites that are trafficking children and yeah yeah that's what i believe god meant but but maybe he means that you know maybe he means afghanistan i don't know <laughs> we'll see what god meant <laughs> I, I think uh i don't know which one's more dangerous the political elite or isis <laughs> I, I i'm more scared of the political elite actually <laughs> sadly yeah <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Just don't. Whatever you do, don't don't go to a park by yourself and uh, 
<laughs> always <laughs> always check in with people, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So, it's, what's the what's the next steps here for your for your documentary? I know you've won a bunch of awards. Um, and... So that was for the short. Yeah, I'm really really honored, and I was pleasantly surprised, and it was really. I mean, I didn't expect it, and um, but it just gave me a sign that okay, oh my, what I'm doing is in the right direction. The style, you know, that I'm shooting, obviously, it's people reacting. Definitely, I I always knew the issue was. Uh, an important message to, you know, to create awareness about. Right. But, um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I probably am going to edit about, I don't know, maybe six more videos for the YouTube channel because I'm doing that while I'm trying to raise funding. You know, I, I, um, uh, you know, I have a funding campaign, but I also, I'm going to do the American film market this year, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get investors. And so I'm doing a few things, of course, applying for grants, grant film, you know, funding. So, uh, you know, so while I'm up trying to raise funding to complete the feature documentary, so I can include all nine countries I filmed, I'm going to still edit these small videos and put up on the YouTube channel, um, just so I can um, highlight the, the organizations and, and, and what, you know, so people, not only they learn while they're watching these videos, but more importantly, if they want to, you know, they'll have a choice of which organization maybe they want to support or, you know, of course people are also welcome to support, you know, the 26 seconds feature documentary. Um, you know, there's a, I think on my website, yeah, there's a tab just that says, I think donate here or yeah. make a difference. Donate. Okay. Anyway, so they're welcome to, and that'll take you to my funding campaign. They're welcome to donate to, to my project. And, and at the very least, cause I know, you know, COVID has done just a number on people financially, you know, that have lost jobs. So if you, if you don't have money, don't worry about it. You know, you just subscribe to my YouTube channel and um, share the videos. And then of course you can go on my website and um, go to the uh, um, partners tab and then look through all those organizations I partner with and see if there's one of them that, that um, you want to donate your time or your talent to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or again, like, like we mentioned a moment ago, you know, your own church might have a human trafficking ministry or, you know, find out what's happening in your community. And because you don't have to, it's not just money. It's also time. Your gifts and your talent that can be used, you know, for, for, um, to help eradicate, you know, human trafficking and sex trafficking. So, um, it's not just money. It's, it's, it's also what you can give, you know, like we were talking about an attorney, they can do a pro bono, you know, they can help someone, yeah. you know, so, um, wherever you can help, yeah. I, 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 I do know that, um, we really are the most, I know it always sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's you're the most blessed when when you're giving really, and, and especially when you're aligned with, with God and, and what, and what he wants to do. And I know one thing, child trafficking breaks God's heart. Yes. This is not how it's supposed to be. Yes. For any child. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. Well, I want to just encourage our listeners that are here that, you know, are still with us that, Listen, unfortunately, money is what it takes to do stuff. And, you know, it's just the system we live in. And so if you can make a one-time offer, a one-time gift, or maybe even a reoccurring gift to be a part of being, you know, getting this this documentary to see the day, the light of day and 
and all that God wants to do with it, I would encourage them, go to the website, click on the button to donate, check it out. There's, you know, different opportunities. And obviously the the ministries always need help. You know, they always need, you know, it's ridiculous. We live in such an affluent country, uh, you know, our nation. Um, It it should be easier (laughs) in some regards. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. Time, talent, and and treasure are the three things that we have to mm-hmm. offer. And I do. I agree with you. I think people are made, you know, the Bible even is very clear. People are vessels. We are jars of clay, right? We're vessels. We're made to be used, to be poured out. And uh, whatever it is that you have, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, maybe this is something that you can uh, dedicate some time to be a vessel for and help out. And um and I will definitely put. I mean, my know. greatest joy is knowing that every day when I get up and when my feet hit that floor, Satan says, Oh shit, she's up. <laughs> 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 that is my greatest joy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I wonder if that's not uh, if uh, the angels aren't saying that about me when I get up. Oh, he's up! Darn it! We were hoping he'd sleep in a little bit longer. <laughs> and if we, you know, there's, there's, if you have an army of people getting out of bed and putting their feet on the ground and Satan goes, "Oh shit, they're up." Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, just my wife and I watching the the YouTube videos uh, this evening, you know, before you and I talked um, here, we were just, it made me aware, you know, I have two teenage daughters, well, I have a a, a 20 something year old daughter and a teenage daughter. It just made me aware of, I need to just be more observant when I'm out. And just kind of, absolutely, you know, just look and even be praying for discernment and, you know, that intuition to kick in if it's needed and, um, and not be afraid to ask, confront, you know, and, um, you never know because it could be an action that would actually save a life. And, (laughs) you know, you might be the only person that, you know, that you might be the person that God puts in front of them, you know, to help them. Absolutely. But I do believe this. So parents, you know, because some children are unfortunate and don't have parents, but the ones that have parents, there's no greater responsibility than being, um, I mean, there's so many words for it, but your child, um, not only, uh, you know, I mean, if a child has a, re- a relationship with their parents, they won't easily be swayed. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. Little girls need their father. Yeah. That's right. Little girls need their father. And I'm not saying you'll be their best friend because you got to be a parent too. But when you have a relationship where they know that they trust you and you love them and they know that, believe me, when they are encountered with somebody that's not like that, uh, they're not easily swayed. Yeah, that's right. They The flags go up immediately and they, uh, yeah. they distance yeah. themselves. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I do want to clarify one thing because we talked about, you know, you know, the title of my project is 26 seconds. Every 26 seconds, a child traffic globally. Um, I actually believe that that number is far lower because we don't know, which is tragic. We don't know the numbers 
of online trafficking because now it's moved to online. It's mm-hmm. probably 90% online. They don't know those numbers. They also don't know the numbers of the syndicates and the, the political elite and trafficking that's going on in these underground tunnels worldwide. They don't know those numbers. Mm. So it's actually far less. Who knows? might be every half a second. I don't know. It, it, it also is far greater than a $150 billion industry. Those numbers are for like the pimps and traffickers on ground in the neighborhoods. Yeah. That's not online and it's not in the underground or the syndicate. So let me ask no, it's pretty scary. Let me ask you a question about the tunnels for a second cuz I've heard a lot about these things. I've never really understood, but is the idea that there's a tunnel network in cities that are connecting other cities or just within the city like a grid network and they use those to transport the 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 women or the children? How's that work? Yes. Um, I, um, okay. So I interviewed a survivor that she was trafficked at 15 and taken to the Getty museum. And when they went down in these elevators, she was drugged, but she said she was still coherent enough Mm -hmm. to see that it was so huge that every type of transportation that you can think of was down there. It also um, went from the Getty to Universal to Disney to uh, even to certain Hollywood homes, Hollywood uh, elite homes. Yeah. So um, huge, right? Hmm. Now, we know that there's tunnels underneath the White House and the Capitol, you know, Washington, D.C. And I'm sure that was built to keep presidents safe in case there was a war, right? But what happens is these things turn into something nefarious and, and not nice. Um, also, you know, the, the, um, uh, Epstein's Island, mm-hmm. you know, neighboring islands are owned by, um, uh, Biden <laughs> and Zuckerberg. Yeah. So underneath these, uh, in the water, they have submarine tunnel, tunnel, uh, submarine, some, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> some are, how do you pronounce it? Sub- submarines. submarines. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and that traffic children. Okay. And you know, all of these political elites went to Epstein's Island all the time. Yeah. They have it on record. I'm not making this up. It's, you know, they have it on flight logs. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and there are missing children constantly out of third world countries. Mm-hmm. Constant. Where'd they go? That's right. So, um, it's pretty scary. I myself hasn't, haven't been down one. I just have interviewed someone that has. Um, and I, and, uh, Charlie Ward, I don't know if you know him. He has a podcast, but he, um, he, uh, well, what state was he in? But he's actually been in one. It was underneath a, like, um, like an air base. Oh, wow. So, but they have them everywhere. They, they're under the Vatican and the Vatican, it runs all the way to like, I mean, it's not just a city, it's countries. Hmm. It goes all the way to Israel. Oh, wow. They have these huge, nefarious, and it's not just child trafficking, that's part of it, but it's all other kinds of nefarious things as well happening. Yeah. It's pretty um, scary, actually. I mean, it's, I, you know, it's actually, 
you know, um, I, 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 I miss, I miss living in naivety. Naivete, <laughs> yeah, right? right. I miss that. Um, but this is, um, fact and reality. And that means once that is put in front of you, yeah, you either do something <laughs> to fight against evil and darkness or, you pretend to be back in naivete, but you're not because right. you know now. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Once you're awake, it's tough to. Uh, it's a hard pill to swallow, and it's um, it's tough. So, did this girl that you interviewed when she had been talked to you about the Getty and all that? Uh, did she end up going to someone's place, or did she? Did they take her to a uh, another location? No, nope, they trafficked them down there. She they gave she was trafficked to three men down there. Mm. And she said she doesn't know what happened, but all of a sudden there was like fighting between the trafficker and and um, the Johns or whatever. And she said, and then her trafficker whisked her and her friend away. But they um, were supposed to be down there for at least ten men, but it, it was only like three. Oh, wow! So something happened. I don't know what happened. She didn't know. She was fifteen and she was drugged. Hmm. She just knows that all of a sudden they got whisked away. Wow. And I don't want to say on your show, but she definitely met um, a few actors that she told me about and a few uh, um, political elite politicians. And one's in a very powerful position right now. So it's mm. pretty scary. Wow. Doesn't surprise pretty me. scary. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Man. Well, there's lots <clears throat> of work to be done. And I just, you know, applaud you for, you know, obeying the Lord to take a step and make this documentary. And. I just pray that uh, you can get everything you need to get this thing out and that it'll accomplish everything that was intended for it. Uh, I'm sure that there's opposition. I just, I just know now I am not going to, I'm not trying to uh, at all make it a big Hollywood anything. In fact, I even think Hollywood's dead actually after COVID, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not trying to make it that. I, I learned that when I saw Cuties. They're not interested in that. Yeah. I'm just following what God wants revealed to create awareness and a call to action for the people to save children, period. So um, I just want to finish it and I'll put it out myself, whether it's YouTube, Rumble, Bitch, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out. Um, I know one thing. I did an interview on, um, whose show was it? Oh, oh, it was, it was William's. I believe. Anyway, somebody somebody contacted me, um, and he has a show called Real Women, Real Stories. And he uh, wanted to interview me, and I said, "Oh, sure." And then, and then I looked at some of his videos, and they were videos. And it's great. His 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 um, uh, YouTube channel and his website. It's it's quite interesting, and and, and they're short videos. They're like five minute videos, but they're of either survivors from the sex trade or uh, or they've been. Uh, you know, abused, and, but there, there are women that have been through a lot, right? And so I was kind of confused. I thought, oh, I don't know. I mean, he's welcome to interview me, but I don't know, you know, it's not like I'm a survivor, right? right. And um, and so I emailed him back, and, and so what he ended up doing, I said, really, I think what's more in line with your show is the videos I've done on on, on you know, Survivor Story, right? That's, that's what your show's about. So, so you're welcome to put one of my videos on in, you know, on there. So he did, he put the one that was um, titled sex trafficking in LA and um, he put it on there. You know, I didn't think much of it. Six days later, seven days later, I checked back. 
It has 672,000 views, almost a million views. <laughs> this is crazy, right? This is God. Like, like who could do, you know? So, so that's enough, right? It, it's about creating awareness yeah. for people to be aware. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I don't have to do the, uh, the you know, the, the Hollywood way <clears throat> because I'm, I'm, I'm doing God's way. You know, it's bigger than anything. That's right. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll take it where he wants to take it so that people can be um, aware of the truth and what's happening and so they can step up and do something about it. Yeah. Well, you have a right. You I ha- mean, yeah. You have the right attitude and heart about it. Absolutely. And, you know, when God births it, nothing can stop it. <laughs> and, you know, 72,000 views, that's crazy to me, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, that's great. I mean, in terms, you know, so uh, all I can do is keep moving forward, get the feature out, and hopefully that gets that many views someday. You that's know, right. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. So <laughs> let's get this thing done. <laughs> yeah, let's get it done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe when you get so, it when you get it done you release it we'll have you back on the podcast we can discuss you know where it's going what it's doing and um and but i can't wait to see it i you know i want to again just uh, you know appeal to our listeners to take a minute go to the website and check everything out and definitely go check out youtube to see the the clips uh you'll be inspired and you'll be challenged and your eyes will be opened a little bit because there's some radical stuff there uh, you know, I, the... But I do want to share, too, that you will find amazing nonprofit Christian organizations doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. And they, they, too, were once. It's just like, you know, the disciples. They, too, once were tax collectors and sinners. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they and when you turn give your life to God, and, and I mean, these people are doing incredible work. And um, rescuing and saving children and women, right? So whatever our, you know, whatever is broken you in your life is your testimony. And that testimony can help others that are going through the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. these organizations are incredible. Also, there is hope, which is Jesus. It's God, right? That's right? I mean, these girls were rescued and they are being healed and restored. And only God could do that. That's right. Only God. That's right. Yeah. That's right, man. That's awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being willing to talk with us and share, you know, your story, what's going on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen here in the future with you. And uh, if, if, uh, as we're closing out here, do you have anything other than YouTube and your website that people can connect with you? Is there any, like, are you on any social media outside of those you on Instagram, Facebook? Oh, yeah, sure. I, you know, of course I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I, you know, I don't work at a lot other than posting just stuff about my project. Like, Good. you know, keep, it's like updates on what's happening or what award I won or what uh, video I just put out or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just um, update that on the, on the social media. just because I have so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, each thing is a job. I know, um, I know. But I would like to talk to you maybe, um, there is a, it's called show and tell. It's a, it's a platform where my short is on and it's, it's a virtual screening and fundraising event, but maybe I could, um, text that link over to you. Um, and you could put it in the description of your podcast and maybe your viewers can 
yeah. you know, go on to that um, platform, uh, absolutely. you know, absolutely. another way to support. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that will help. So we could do that too. <laughs> awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll definitely put that in if you get that over to me. Well, this but is... the main thing is just please subscribe so that my channel keeps growing yeah. and, um, and share the videos. And of course, please, you know, check out the website and, and, um, you know, go to the partners tab so that you can see what some of these organizations are doing. And then I can't encourage you enough to, um, you know, check out what your own church is doing and what uh, organizations in your community are doing and to use your own, you know, talents and gifts that you have and, or a career to, um, step up and, and, and help, um, to help eradicate. I, I hope this, um, is eradicated in our lifetime, but it's a, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, it is the, the thing, <laughs> the, the, mm. the big black okay. eye. Yeah. So, yeah. Man. Well, Kelly, thank yeah. you again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. I, I know you're busy. Oh, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll be in touch. I want to, you know, you have an open door here. If you can swing back in, uh, check in with us every now and again, just um, let me know. And um, like I said, we'd love to follow up with uh, when you get the documentary out for sure. Thank you so much sir, for all your support with 26 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anytime. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, too. All right. Oh, don't forget to send me the link. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I got you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>